Would you turn with me to our text, Psalm 103? This is our fifth session on a series we began that runs concurrent with our reading of the the scriptures that we're calling the works and the ways of Jesus. And in Psalm 103, Psalm 103, verse 7, it says, He made known His ways unto Moses, His acts unto the children of Israel. Let me read it again. He made known His ways to Moses, His acts unto the children of Israel. Did everybody there with the people of God, the Israelites that were brought out of Egyptian bondage, did everybody understand God's ways? No, they didn't. They knew what He did. They saw His works, His acts, but they didn't understand His ways. God has ways, doesn't He? God is a knowable person. God the Father is a knowable person. The Holy Spirit is a knowable person. Sometimes people say, what about that Holy Spirit stuff? What is that? That's not what is it. Who is it? He's a person. Jesus is a knowable person. I mean, and it's exciting to think. You know, God is a spirit. The Holy Spirit obviously is a spirit. You and I are spirits. You're sitting there right now looking at me through those two windows we call eyes. Amen? And if something happened to your body and it was dead, you wouldn't cease to exist. You'd still be you. You'd still be very much alive. Amen? And uh, you wouldn't change into an angel. That'd be a demotion. You know, the scriptures tell us that we shall judge angels. God's got a real responsible future for you and I. Amen. He said we're going to rule and reign with him. You believe that? Then you are a king in training. And he is the king of kings. Amen. You are a lord in training. And Jesus is the lord Of lords. He is the head. We are the body. Earth is faith school. We're supposed to be learning how to live by faith down here. Because you understand we're still going to operate by faith later on. You know a million years from now. You and I still be operating by faith. So no need in trying to shun it. And not learn it. And just wait till you die and go to heaven. (laughs) No. Didn't the scripture say. Now there are these three, faith, hope, love, and they abide how long? Forever. Amen. So everything you're learning about love is going to do you good throughout eternity. Everything you're learning right now about hope and about faith is going to keep you in good stead and help you throughout eternity. And if you don't learn it now, you're still going to have to learn it. Amen. Amen. So you're smart if you learn it now. Earth is faith school. And he left just enough curse and just enough demons and just enough crazy people for you and me to practice on. (laughs) Amen. And learn how 
to operate. So when you got problems in your face, don't just fall off and cry and go, why is all this happening to me? No, no, just another opportunity. Another opportunity to exercise faith, exercise authority, another opportunity to walk in love when people don't act right. Everybody say opportunity. Opportunity. Another opportunity to operate in patience. Don't miss your workouts. Take advantage of them. Everybody say Moses knew his ways. Do you want to know his ways? I'm hungry to know his ways. I mean, when you love somebody, you want to know about them. You want to know what they like, what they don't like, what blesses them, what irritates them, what aggravates them, what makes them happy. Amen? You want to know the difference between what they'll put up with and what they love. Right? Difference between what they'll tolerate and what they enjoy. And so that's what we have done. We have begun on this quest to know his ways better. You know, all of us know a little about him, but we can know a whole lot more about him. And you know, the Holy Spirit, who is the representative of Jesus in the earth, and the one we work with, he, do you know he enjoys working with some people better than others? Do you know he finds some people easier to work with than others? It's just a fact. And how many of you want him, when the Lord thinks about working with you, that he smiles? and goes, yeah, I like them. I like working with them. I don't have to tell them a hundred times. They don't drag their feet. They want what I want. They like what I like. They're quick to repent. I don't have to, you know, they don't pout and fuss and gripe and hold grudges. If I correct them, they just say sorry and they fix it. Amen. Everybody say, that's me. That's me. Quick to believe. Quick to repent. Quick to obey. Easy to work with. That's me. Now don't let the devil tell you anything else. And if you hadn't always been that, well, you are that now. We can change. Well, turn with me to Matthew, the 23rd chapter, and let's continue with our study about the works and the ways of Jesus. How many believe in with me tonight? Let's pray a prayer here in just a moment when we get to our scripture and come into agreement about further revelation and anointing. I've prayed and I've studied, but that's not all there is to it. You have a big part to play in it. Amen. Utterance is greatly affected by the hearers. So I'm going to pray a prayer and agree with it with your heart if you can. Father, we thank you for tonight again. And we thank you for your word. Our eyes are on you. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. We say, teach us, Lord. Show us. Help us to see Jesus ever clearer. Thank you for good utterance. And grant everybody ears that hear and eyes that see and a heart that's open and receptive. Lead us just the way. You want us to go tonight, keep us from going the wrong direction or straying or wasting time, but not to do anything except what you had planned for us. And Lord, we purpose not to be hearers only, but to be doers, doers of what you show us. And we know as we do, we shall be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. In Matthew, the 23rd chapter. 
Let me review just a little bit before we read this. We spoke our first session about the plan of God and the protection of God. Now, we're not studying all the teachings of Jesus. We're not even studying all of the things he did. We're looking at his works in an overview sense, and we're primarily focusing in on his ways. We want to know his standard operating procedures. We want to know his mode of operation, the way he operates. You'll find that Jesus speaks a lot about the plan of God. He's always talking about the kingdom. And have you noticed how many times he's talking about it was prophesied and that this is now the fulfillment of it. Right? You see that? Now, everything we're seeing, we're to realize that's an example for us. As one sign of spiritual and Christian maturity is that you can see God in things. You can see God at work. The more immature you are, God's working and you don't even see it. He's doing things you don't even realize. it. How many of you have grown some and looked back and realized God was doing some great things for you? You didn't even know he was doing them at the time. Well, if you had been more aware, if I had been more aware, more developed, more mature, we'd known more about it at the time. Now, you're never going to know all about it because we walk by faith. But you can see God in things. Uh, the more you grow, the more you develop. And Jesus being highly developed. Now, you may say, why do you say highly developed? Because he's operating as a man. Sometimes people don't, they hadn't thought about it. But you realize that there was a time when Jesus couldn't talk? And there's a, he had to learn the scriptures. Is that right? We see him highly developed by age 12. But he did not come and operate in omniscience. The scriptures tell us he laid aside his mighty weight and power and he became like other men. So he operated like us, showing us how to do it. And we can never point to it and say, yeah, but no, that's Jesus. Yeah, but he didn't do it as God. He did it as a human being, showing us how to do it. He's always talking about that it might be fulfilled. That it might be, is that right? That it might be fulfilled. And the more aware we are, we'll be seeing that God is fulfilling things he's already said in times past. In our life, in the word, or to us personally. Do you see how many times he said, he asked them the questions. When they asked him questions, he said, have you never read? Do you see how many times? Mark that sometimes in your Bible. Did you ever read? Is Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever? So if you ask him a question, it would be likely that he would tell you. Did you ever read? I know years ago, I was seeking the Lord about direction in our life and in very immature, just getting started in the things of God. And I knew he wanted, he was trying to communicate something to me, but I couldn't get it for some reason. And I kept trying to get him to talk to me in an audible voice or write it in the sky or something. (laughs) Y'all don't laugh too hard because you've done some of the same thing. The more of a baby you are, the more you emphasize the external. And the more you try to be led through the external. How many know we're not supposed to try to seek to hear voices? We're not supposed to seek to try to see things. And you know we're not supposed to put out fleeces either. I said, well Gideon did. Yeah, but Gideon wasn't even born again. You couldn't tell him, well Gideon be led. 
He didn't have the spirit in him like us. And so people oftentimes are praying in a wrong way. They're saying, well, Lord, you know, if you want me to do this, then let five red cars pass by my street before noon. Somebody said, what's wrong with that? A lot of things are wrong with that. Somebody said, well, I did that and it worked. I know the Lord has mercy on babies. (laughs) I did some things like that myself. And when you don't know any better. The Lord will have some mercy on it. But you got to realize that there are other spirits out here in this world. They can influence things. They can do things. And if you're led by what happens out here, you can be led astray. You can be misled. Oh, but we got the guide on the inside. Amen. you got to learn how to be led internally, not externally. And so Jesus, so many times he said, uh, have you never read? Well, I was trying to hear a voice. I remember, man, I, I know telling how many times I pray, God will talk to me. Talk to me. I'm wanting to see something. I'm wanting to hear something. Talk to me. If I said it once, I must have said it 300 times. And finally, I was in the floor one night saying it again for the nth time. Well, God, talk to me. Talk to me. He spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside me very distinctly. He said, son, I have said many, many things to you in the book. You don't know them. Find out what I've already said to you in the book. And if I want to say anything else to you, I will. (laughs) And so from that time to this, I've been trying to find out what he said in the book. How many believe that when you're reading this, this is God talking? That's God talking to me. Amen. And it doesn't get any better than this. If somebody comes and says, Yea, thus saith the Lord, I have a word for you from the Lord. Well, it may be or it may not be, but it's not up to this word. It can't be a greater word than this. And we must judge these things. Amen? People can miss it. I mean, half of what they said might be right, and half of it might be wrong. All of it might be wrong. Don't be led by somebody telling you what the Lord told them to tell you to do. Well, it got quiet when I said that. Well, let me go over it real slow again then. How many, well, I'm about to give you a scripture. Go to 1 John 2. The scripture says in Romans 8, you're turning to 1 John 2. Scripture says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, They are the sons of God. And the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So sons and daughters of God can and should expect to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen? The Spirit of God. And in 1 John 2, verse 27... 1 John 2.27, he says, The anointing which you have received of him abides in you. And you need not that any man teach you. Did you read that? Does that mean we don't need any teachers in the church? No. Same Bible said that the Lord gave gifts unto men. And he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. But what does this mean? You are not dependent on anybody. Not me. Not anybody to as a mediator between you and God. Hmm? How many believe God can talk to you directly? And if he's using me or any other minister, he's still talking to you 
through me. But then you judge everything that would come through me or anybody else by the Spirit who's already in you. Because if it is the same Holy Ghost, I mean, there's not 40 different Holy Ghosts. Same Spirit that's in you, same Spirit that's in me. And if it's right, and if it's right for you, it should bear witness with your insides. And if it sounds strange to you, and you're not sure about it, I don't care who told you. I don't care who prophesied it. I don't care how many scriptures they used, or if they talked in tongues, or what they did. If it doesn't bear witness with you inside, don't do it. I have seen so many mistakes made by people. I've had people come and say, yeah, but brother so-and-so told me it was God and told me to do it. And he's a prophet. Well, who said he was a prophet? He did. (laughs) Well, he may be and he may not be. I don't know. But that's not the issue. The scripture said there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Amen. He is the only one between you and God. The only one that you need to go through to get to God or to get something from God the Father. And thank God for other people that can confirm things to you or encourage you. But never, never just put the whole of you making your decisions in life in somebody else's lap and say, you pray, you hear from God, you tell me what to do. That is a recipe for disaster. And it's true all the way around. I mean, I've had people, I've had men come to me and say, you know, I, uh, my wife is the prayer in the family. And I just get her to get in there and pray and tell me what God said. <laughs> well, then you ain't a man. I know that's strong, but you ain't the man you ought to be. Thank God if your wife's a prayer. Y'all talk, y'all listen, but she can't do your praying for you. She can't do your hearing from God for you. You get in there. You pray. You hear from God. Let her pray. And then y'all sit down and talk. Amen. 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 How come me to be off on this tonight? That's good. Good preaching. <laughs> I'm going to say it again now very emphatically. Don't let any minister, don't let any relative, don't let any friend, I don't care how much you respect them, how much you think that they know God, not me, not anybody, make your decisions for you in life and tell you what God has for you to do or what you're supposed to do without you even praying about it and without you having a witness that it's right on the inside. I've had people come to me praying, crying their eyes out. They went and did this thing. They lost a lot of money. They lost people. They're messed up. It's a mess. And so mad at these people because they told them to do it. And they did it. Remember this one guy looking at me with tears, just crying his eyes. I can't believe they they told me I followed their advice. And and I said, I looked at him. I said, have you got a Bible? Yeah. Can you pray? Yeah. Well, then it's your fault. If you follow someone's bad advice, it's not their fault. It's your fault. Because, I mean, think about it. Under the old covenant, not everybody had the Spirit. They had to come and inquire of the Lord through the prophet. They had to come and ask the priest to interpret the word for them. Oh, but in this new covenant, we're told, 
that in that day they'll not say every man to his brother know the Lord because they'll all know me he said from the least to the greatest oh I think sometimes we don't realize what a great privilege we have you and I individually I can come you can come boldly to the throne of grace God will hear you he'll talk to you amen and because we have that privilege, then we cannot legitimately blame our mistakes on anybody else for following their advice. And actually, ministers do people a disservice when they tell them they will do all their praying for them. And they will do all their hearing from God for them. They keep them spiritual babies. And they keep them dependent on themselves. And keep them from growing up. I mean, what would you think about a 20-year-old? They can't do anything without picking up the phone, calling mom or daddy and asking them, how do, can I do it? Should I do it? Well, I mean, something's wrong with them. But you know that there are some parents that have nurtured unhealthy relationships like that because they don't want to feel unneeded. So they purposely do things that keep people dependent on them. And ministers can do the same thing. No, if you love people, you'll wean them off of you onto the Holy Ghost. As soon as you can. When people are really babies, you can help them a whole lot. I know there's been times in my life, people that have worked with us, people that were under us, they were legitimate babies. They just got born again. I mean, you can, I understand you can be 50 years old and be a baby. And they had faith in my faith. And several cases where that somebody was sick or had a problem, and they'd wait for days and not even try to pray about it till I got back in. And they'd say, Brother Keith, I just believe that when you pray, I'll be healed. Well, they had faith in my faith. And I'd pray. A lot of times the symptoms would leave, sometimes in two minutes. Well, when they're a baby like that, that's okay. Or they'd ask me about, you know, doing that. And I'd give them a lot of input. But eventually, as months pass by and even years pass by, and they've been under the word, and they've heard things, and then some of these same people will come and say, Brother Keith, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think I ought to do? And I'd say, well, I think you ought to pray and hear from God. <laughs> and they'd say, well, I want you to tell me. I said, no. Mm-mm. I've had people even get mad at me. Well, no, you know, don't you? I thought, well, if I do, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> you tell me. I said, no, no. <laughs> because how many know when you launch out to do something, and if the enemy attacks you when he often does, try to stop you, you need to know when you're trying to believe God that you're not there because Brother Keith said to do it. You need to know you're not there because Mama said to do it or whoever. You're there because the Lord dealt with you to do it. And when you know that in your heart, then you can stand. Everybody said out loud, I can hear from God for myself. Amen. And I respect your ministers. But don't depend on them to do all you're praying for you and to do all you're hearing from God for you. Somebody say amen or oh me or, or something. Matthew 23. Have you found your scripture yet? Matthew 23. You read it if you've been reading your scripture this week. In the last part of this chapter, Jesus said in verse 37, Matthew 23, 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets 
stones them that are sent to you? How often would I have gathered your children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings? And you would not. Behold, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall not see me henceforth, till you shall say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, a thing that I I had on my heart that you'll see, you've already seen numerous times, and you'll see more of as we continue our reading. And it's something you must know about the nature of the Father God, the nature of the Lord Jesus, the nature of the Holy Spirit. God is not a coercer. He is not a forcer. He will not make you nor I do a thing, though we should do it. He will not make you nor I nor anybody else receive a thing, though we desperately need it. It's the enemy who tries to force people. He's the coercer. It's demon spirits who want to take people over, run them, control them. Sometimes I've heard people say, well, I just want, I wish I could just turn my mind off and I wish the Holy Ghost would just take me over. I wish he'd just possess me. Never going to happen. You're asking the wrong thing. It's not his nature. He doesn't want to run you like a robot. It's not his nature. What he wants to do, he wants you to yield to him. Amen. When he deals with you, he wants you to respond to him and go with him. Follow him. But he's never going to make people do things. I mean, if God was going to make people do something, he'd make folk get saved. Right? I mean, that's the most serious thing. Is he making people get saved? Will he make people get saved? He will not. He will not. And we must learn his nature so that we don't get outside his ways and to trying to make people do things. It can be tempting when you know what somebody needs. And that's one of the most frustrating things that you'll see in ministry. As there are times as a minister, you know if people would just quit this and if they'd just start this, it'd straighten their life out. If they would just get away from this and hook up with this and begin to do these things... Their whole life would turn around. They'd get free. Their knees would get met. But they won't do it. And you can tell them sometimes, 40 times, 100 times, and they still won't do it. So then what do you do? Should you try to make them do it? Have you ever tried to make somebody do a thing? (laughs) I see a lot of honest people around. Yep. Yep. Now let me make an exception here. Small children should be made to mind. It's amazing how ignorant folk are in this area today. Have you, have you noticed? I mean, I, I, Phyllis and I witnessed a mother reason and plead with a two and a half year old for 30 minutes in a public place. Now, honey, would you like to do this? Please. Please, and they're going, hmm. 
They made their parent license revoked. (laughs) Small children should be made to mind. Amen. They should conform to the parents. The house should not revolve around them. They should conform. Amen. Now, by the time a child is in their early teens, if they're trained right, they should be able to be hearing from God some for themselves. Amen. And making some decisions by being led already. How come me to get off on that? What was I talking about before I got over there? Huh? Yeah, not what people need. I asked you, did you ever try to make somebody do a thing? Right. Small children should be made to mind. But when it comes to adults, the moment you get into trying to make somebody do a thing, you have left the ministry of the Spirit. You're now in the flesh, trying to control, trying to manipulate, trying to make. And like I said, that's one of the most frustrating things that we deal with as Christians and ministers. Do you know the Scripture did not call Jesus the good cowboy? What did, what's the scripture called? The good shepherd. Now the reason I say that is that the cowboy drives the herd. Right? Move them little doggies. Right? I mean, drives the herd. But what does the shepherd do? The shepherd, remember if you read John 10, it's all right there. And they still shepherd sheep like this in some parts of the world. The shepherd knows all the sheep by name. And he starts out from the pen and he starts calling uh, Whitey, Fluffy, you know, whatever, come on. And they file out and follow him like little dogs. Isn't that right? They follow him. Well, Jesus is the good shepherd. He knows all our names, Whitey, Fluffy, whatever. And he calls your name. And what are you supposed to do? Well, what if you don't want to? Hmm? Will he make you follow? What if you want to hang around and drag way back? Will he make you follow close? Will he make you follow at all? He won't. And so under shepherds, pastors uh, are in the same boat. Leaders. Uh, Our job is not to make people do things. Our job is to lead and to feed. Amen? And it's up to people whether they follow or not. Can you hear... Jesus' heart, his ministry, I mean, back up a little bit in your mind. God the Father has fulfilled prophecy after prophecy after prophecy, the miraculous intervention into the affairs of men, and God has been made manifest in the flesh, miracle of miracles. Jesus is here, and signs and wonders have accompanied. They've seen the dead raised. They have seen blind eyes open and deaf ears and water turned into wine and fig trees cursed and storms stilled. They've seen all of that. And yet they don't want him. Somebody said, could anybody do that? The whole, it's happening all over the planet today. They don't want him. Scripture said he came unto his own and his own received him not. We don't want him. I mean, how much stronger can it be when at the pivotal point in the decision for Jesus' life, uh, the ruler stood up and said, who do you want? 
Jesus or Barabbas? A murderer. And what they say? Give us Barabbas. We want Barabbas. Well, that's typical of the world. And that's the thing that makes you and I different from the world. Because we want him. I said we want him. Amen. We have made that decision. And it's a decision you continue making. Jesus looked over Jerusalem. And can you hear his heart? Can you feel him? If we'd say it like that, he's saying, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. How many times I wanted to take you in. I wanted to gather you. I wanted you to come under my wings like a, a little chicks do under its mother hen. And you wouldn't. You wouldn't do it. You don't want me. Read with me. You're there close by. Turn over to uh, 22, I believe it is. I tell you what, go to, instead of that, go to Luke 14. Luke, this is Luke's account of the same thing I was going to have you look at in Matthew. Luke 14. Luke 14. And verse 15, when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And he, Jesus said to him, a certain man made a great supper and he bade many and he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come for all things are now ready. We just got through reading this in Matthew, right? Now this, how many understand and believe this is typical of Jesus? Saying, I have prepared this for you. I got this ready. Now come. When the Lord says come, do you think it would be appropriate for people to say, no, I don't want to come. And yet they didn't come. Matthew says they didn't come. And then he sent to them again the second time and said, everything's ready. Come. Come. Come, for all things are now ready. In verse 18, they all, with one consent, begin to make excuse. The first one said, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go see it. I pray thee, have me excused. That's personal possessions. You know, the Lord doesn't mind what you have. He doesn't care if you'll believe Him. So you see, He doesn't care if you've got 12 cars and 10 houses. And 20 boats and three airplanes. If there is no question about who's first in your life. But I don't care if it's nothing but no raggedy used car. If you spend more time thinking about that than you do him, he's a jealous God. And if he says, come, and you say, I got to work in my garden. If you say, come, and you say, I got to clean my house. He'd rather you didn't even have the thing. Is that right? Did the scripture say that money is the root of all evil? No, it did not. What did it say? The love of money. Money's not the problem. It's folk loving money or anything more than you do God. And yet people wouldn't say that they do, but it's obvious when it comes down to doing a work for the Lord and people are too busy. 
with their stuff. Keep reading, please. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. That's business. Business. I just put in some new equipment, and I got to take care of this. So I can't pray. I can't go on the team. I can't be at church. I can't, because business comes first. Then Jesus doesn't. Then the scriptures say you can't have two masters, you can't serve two masters. Another one said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. You understand. I just got married, so I can't come. And the Lord said, I understand. You have to take care of things sometime. Huh? So the servant came and showed his Lord these things. And the master of the house, being angry, said to his servants. Angry. Who's this typical of? The Lord. He said, go quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it's done as you've commanded. And yet there's room. And the Lord said to the servant, go into the highways, the hedges, and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you, none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. And if you read Matthew's account, it went on to say that many are called, few are chosen. One thing that I have, am learning and have seen in ministry already, how many different times that the Lord dealt with somebody to do something and they didn't do it. Some of them never did it. How many times there was an opportunity for somebody. The Lord wanted to use somebody to do a thing and yet they just kept procrastinating and soon as I get my business set and soon as I get my personal stuff and I got to work on my marriage first and, and people get up in the pulpit and preach well your family comes first. Then God is not. Did you hear me? Can't be that way. What if Moses had put his wife first? He had never, never obeyed God. I mean, it was case after case after case. No business is not supposed to be first. Family's not supposed to be first. Tell me who's supposed to be first. And if he says, come, what you supposed to do? When? Then. But do you realize most people do not live that? I'm talking about most Christians do not live this way. They don't. And you don't wait till you see Jesus in person. Right? You don't wait till Jesus comes to the door with a printed invitation and says, I'm inviting you to do something. It doesn't work that way. He's in heaven. His spirit's in the earth. His church is in the earth. His ministries, his things, his vision is being fulfilled in the earth. And time and time again that we've had people come and say, you know, uh, the Lord told us to help you do this thing or help with this project or, or support this thing. I know we were believing God to pay off a building a few years ago. And uh, got down to the wire to pay it off. I didn't want to borrow money on it. I didn't say that's wrong. I just, in my heart, I felt like I could stand and believe for this to come in in this length of time. And it got down to the wire, and I needed several scores of thousand dollars to finish it out, and it wasn't there. And uh, 
Finally, this person called me and they said, uh, have you had all the money to come in on that building yet? And I said, well, not yet, but I'm expecting. They said, well, I'm going to write you a check for the rest of that. Well, do you know how long was it, Phyllis? It was a year later. This lady writes in and says, you know, the Lord dealt with me to pay that building off. <laughs> but uh, I didn't. Forgive me. Of course we did. We, did. we never knew it. Didn't hold it against her anyway. But she still didn't send an offering. But somebody else got her, her reward. Are you with me? Isn't that what's happened right here? He said, come. They didn't. He said again, come. And they said, well, I'm busy at the house. And another one said, well, man, I'm just, I got so much going on at work. I'm sorry. Soon as I get this together. But have you ever noticed how that that never seems to happen? There's always something. And finally, the Lord said, all right, then you're not coming. Didn't he? You're not coming. I'll find some people that want to come. Go out into the highways and byways. And so they went out with the people living on the street. And they said, uh, can you come to the master's supper? And he said, "Uh, let me check my schedule. Yep, I can come. (laughs) He didn't have too much going on that he couldn't obey. And it's amazing. The people that the Lord winds up using... The scripture says they're not the wisest. They're not the most powerful. They're not the most everything. They just were the most available. They were the ones that said, I'll do it. And thank God he can add to you what you need. He can give you the skill. He can give you the ability. He can give you the money. Amen. Oh, friend, life is short, isn't it? And we need to have our priorities right because... So much of the things we do, they're not going to matter at all in a hundred years. Nobody's going to know or care. But everything you do that affects the kingdom of God, that affects some soul some way, helps somebody some way, is eternal. I said it's eternal. Friend, I want you to hear in your heart tonight, hear in your spirit. And the Lord's saying, come. He may just say, in the nighttime, come pray. He may say, come over to this meeting. You know, we've learned to live this way for years now. And so we do, you know, we don't even think about it a lot of time. We get it in our spirit to go somewhere. We just go. People say, why'd you go? I don't know. The Lord dealt with us be in that meeting. Go see these folk. Go do this. And after a while, you get used to that. It's a wonderful way to live. Keeps it exciting. <laughs> You know, the scriptures, the psalmist talks about guiding us through our reins, R-E-I-N-S. Anybody know anything about horses? You know, a horse can be rein trained. What is that? You don't even have to have a bit. Kind of like power steering on a horse. (laughs) You're not having to tug and pull so that that bit cuts into their mouth. I mean, a horse that's rein trained, you can just lay that rein up against the side of their neck. And you know that horse so big and skin so thick, and you know he probably barely, that's barely perceptible to him. But when he feels the slight pressure of that little piece of leather, he just goes that way. He feels it the other way, he just goes that way. How many believe that's the way the Lord wants us to be? 
We don't have to see a burning bush. We don't have to hear an audible voice. We don't have to be shaken to the core. We just sense something and we just go that way. He says come and we don't give a bunch of excuses. We just do it. Amen. Pray. We pray. Obey. We obey. Time is short. I said the time is short. Life is short. And there's only one thing that matters. I mean, when our life is done, won't matter how much money we made, won't matter who knew us or who didn't know us or what kind of thing we built. The only thing that'll matter is did we do the will of God? That's the only thing that matters. Stand up on your feet. Let me pray over you this evening. Let's commit in our hearts to be rain trained. Amen. Let's commit in our hearts that when he calls, when he says come, we will lay everything else aside. And we will come. When it's time to minister to somebody, when it's time to to do the work of God, when it's time to see that the ministries are taken care of, the Lord says do something, that's what we do. Won't you close your eyes and just lift your hearts up before the Lord. Let me lead you in this prayer. Don't pray it unless you really mean it, but pray it in faith if you can agree with it in your heart. Father God, God. you are my Lord. You are my my God. Nothing is above you in my heart nor in my life. If I have failed to respond in times past, if you said come and I did not come, if you said go or do a thing and I failed to do it, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. I repent and help me to be aware of your dealings, to know when it's you, to see clearly. And when you say go, I purpose, I will go. When you say do a thing, I purpose, I will do that thing. And by your grace, I will obey. By your grace, I will respond. By your grace, I will come to you. Hallelujah. Won't you put your hands up and thank him? Thank him that you are going to fulfill his will and plan for your life. Thank him that you are going to obey. You are going. Oh, thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Just praise him a little bit tonight. Father, we bless you. We praise you. We glorify your holy name. Mm, thank you, Lord. 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 Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. There's nothing more important in our lives than you, Lord. Nothing. You are number one. Number one. Nothing is above you. Nothing is equal to you. You are number one. You are our Lord, our Master. We serve you. We worship you. We follow you. You're our Good Shepherd. And we follow you. We follow you. We follow close to you and hard after you. In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge 
by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.